Coming up, we will share some cutting-edge research on soft skills we obtained from a survey of almost 500 business people. It's great stuff that will give you insights into how soft skills really are being used in the workplace. That and more in just a few short seconds. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to episode four of Serious Soft Skills. I am Bob Graham, and with me, as always, is Dr. Tobin Porterfield. Hey, Toby, how are you today? Great. Let's get back into soft skills. Sounds good. First of all, let's tell people who we are because they're probably wondering. We each teach college, we collaborate on researching soft skills, and we've seen soft skills at work in our previous industry careers. And we think our experience and expertise, frankly, give us a unique lens for looking at soft skills. So today, Toby, we're going to uh, do things uh, a little differently or do something different. We're going to sort of talk about some research that we've done in the field of soft skills that we have only released to very few people. So this is like breaking news, right? If I had a glass, I could break it, you know, and this is big stuff, right? Are you excited? Mazel tov. <laughs> okay, wow. I was not ready for that, but I will take it. Mazel tov, he says. So with that, you can see we're serious about our research today. No, actually, Toby, why don't you sort of set up, before we tell people what the research found, of course, whenever you're looking at research, the first question is, who did you ask the questions to? So can you walk through how we got this data that we're about to share? Bob, I'm going to throw you a curveball because I think we actually need to take a step further back because one of the problems with research is you got you to cover why because otherwise you get all these results and people go, well, who cares? And so let me frame it up with, with why we even dug into this and why we reached out to our network for some answers. And uh, I believe what it is, is it started with us and, and looking around and as we were starting to develop that sensitivity to soft skills, we, uh, we have observations. We say, well, I've seen leadership do this and I've seen the importance of communication. And, and we usually refer to these as anecdotal or experiential evidence. And so we get these little snippets and, and they almost turn into set, excuse me, they almost turn into sound bites uh, that you hear, might hear on the news. And, and we've even seen many news clippings, and we start to pull these pieces together. But as people who look at research, we have to stop and say, well, hold it. Is that really just a unique experience that I had, and it really doesn't apply to anyone else anywhere else? And so I think that's what really brought us to doing the survey and reaching out to our network to ask the question and, and kind of validate that our soft skills really important, which soft skills are important, and then are, are, who are they important for? And I think that's what our uh, this initial survey brought back is it, it cleared up a lot of items and it um, brought some focus in and it also um, uh, kind of motivated us to say, yeah, th this needs to be done. So um, so now back to the survey and give us a little bit of background on how we reached out to collect that data. OK, well, we we went new school, I would say, you know, in the past you would always um try to find people to do surveys by uh, mail or by fax. And I can remember doing surveys that way. But we actually use this new stuff called social media and email. And we uh, leveraged LinkedIn. We used uh, databases that we each have of LinkedIn connections. 
and those connections we sent an email to asking them to fill out a short survey. It took, I think for most people that I talked to, they said it took them fewer than five minutes, so it wasn't real long and involved. We also posted it on social media, on a Facebook page, on LinkedIn, uh, on social media, on Twitter, and we got a really good response there. And then we went, we did some networking. You know, we used one of those soft skills. I actually sent it out to some people in my network who were kind enough to share it with their networks of people. And we saw a spiderweb kind of effect. You know, we got almost, what, uh, 500 responses uh, to this in a very short time. I think it was less than a week. And uh, we continue to get responses to this day, which is just, uh, I think, highlights to me, one, how valuable social media is as a networking tool, how, how valuable it is to use networks, but also how important this research is to people, that they want to contribute and they want to know what we're offering. So, Toby, uh, tell us now uh, what that led to. Certainly, it's encouraging when you see a large response like that. One, for us, because we believe it was a topic that's really important. And when you send it out and you don't get any response, you hear crickets, then you probably aren't into something that's really interesting. But when you get this level of response this quickly, clearly it was a hot button for a lot of people. And what we saw uh, in the results, first off, is who responded. And it was really excited because we asked people for age ranges. So we get an understanding of, of where they are in their lifespan, in their careers and so forth. And we have a great coverage across people who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And we even had a couple respondents in their 70s. So really nice across. And, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts that uh, we believe soft skills are critical now because of the multi-generational workforce. And I'm really pleased that the survey received responses from across that generational workforce. The other thing we see that's a positive with, with surveys, a key element is that they're representative of the potential audience. And so we see it in the ages. We saw a fairly even split between male and female participation. We also saw participation across what we call the employment strata. So we saw responses from people who are unemployed, people who are employed with uh, no supervisory responsibilities, people with supervisory responsibilities, and senior leadership. So we've got that spectrum to, to see where soft skills, are they really being uh, valued across that spectrum? So that's the kind of uh, pool that we're looking at when we start looking at that data. So that would mean that the data is largely valid then because of this broad brush that we got, that we didn't just highlight one specific group. And I think I want to just clarify one thing. If I recall correctly, it wasn't unemployed, but it was people who were looking for work at the moment, correct? Yeah, so correct. there is a difference. So everyone in this survey was in some way involved in the workforce. And I think the other thing that sort of struck me was we sort of had five or six different categories for people to put uh, that, that were preset. And then we had the other category. And the other group was really large with people who described themselves as entrepreneurs, as self-employed, as uh, brokers. It was really uh, an eye-opener to me because all these people took the time. And I think that that really, for both of us, it was sort of a, uh, a moment of discovery and that, wow, this really is legitimately making a difference. So with that as the backdrop, Toby, why don't you tell us what some of those results actually were? What we asked for when we went out was we used 
as we've talked about before, we've identified over 50 soft skills, and we didn't want to overburden the respondents with responding to rate all 50 of these. We didn't feel like we'd really get a, a, a usable response and it would really wear out our people. So we chose a few representative um, soft skills from each of our groupings, some that are uh, kind of more internal and personal type items, some where you use when you're dealing one-on-one -on -one with people, some when you deal with groups, and then some that are really more addressing the greater uh, organizational enterprise type issues. So we asked them to rate those six items to get some feel across that spectrum of employment situations. And uh, what we found was, and I'll have to glance down at these, the number one group was the one-on-one, uh, -on -one, the communication ones. Uh, that came out ranked top. Now, we asked everyone to rate them on a scale of one to five, and that came out with a 4.65, which is really high for an average. Five uh, would be the high, correct, Toby? So I would be, just want to make sure we're clear about that. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, communication came out on top, followed by critical thinking. Uh, then personal enthusiasm, getting to those really internal items, teamwork, stress management, and cultural awareness. So as a ranking that I think is interesting in itself, but it also can be a bit uh, misleading because we, I, I said that the lowest rank one was cultural awareness and ethics. Um, that doesn't mean it was actually rated very low. It still had a 3.96 on a five-point scale. So none of these categories were rated truly low. What was interesting is that those communication skills really are coming out on top uh, for, our, for our participants. And that's consistent with a lot of the research that we've seen. I know um, the National Association of uh, College Employers does an annual survey, and that survey typically talks about the need for employers. They're looking for employees with more verbal communication and uh, also written communication skills. And we see that in other research that we've done. And again, again, that keeps cropping up. I think what's different for us probably is we're doing this, taking this broad cross-section. Most of the other research that we've seen has been really focused on one specific group, employers or college graduates or university programs or alumni. And this is really what I would say in many ways. I don't, I'm not familiar, and maybe you are, but I'm not familiar with any other broad cross-section of this nature out there that really gets at this bigger picture. Definitely some new information here for us and, and some affirmation to, again, those anecdotal issues that, that we see in the news that we've experienced. And when you can reach out to a group of 500 people and get confirmation, then that's a good indication that, that we're, we're heading the right direction and that there's a need to, um, if people in those positions are already recognizing, and the question we asked him, I guess, to be even clearer was, we said, uh, please rate these soft skills on a scale of one to five based on how much they affect your success. So the people that are identifying these communications, critical thinking, and, and so forth in that ranking are recognizing and attributing them to their success in their current roles. So I think we've really struck something here. So, Toby, one of the things that we saw in there, I think, was that uh, soft skills actually are relevant at all phases of a career based on this, these survey responses. Is that correct? Yes. And, and what we saw was as we broke the respondents up into groups based on how they identified themselves and uh, 
as whether they were non-supervisory, supervisory, or senior leadership, we then could compare how they rated each of those uh, groupings of soft skills to see how the soft skills are used across the different roles in an organization. And true to what we thought we would encounter is certainly soft skills are seen as being uh, critical to success across the organization. But we saw some, some slight variations in it. Um, the non-supervisory people uh, identified those one-on-one -on -one, uh, type soft skills as being the most important, uh, which not totally surprising, but a good affirmation. Similarly, we saw that with the supervisory. And, and I believe if we looked at that and said, Was that, does that sound right? I'd say yes, because a supervisory person, to be successful in their role, they need to be developing their employee group. And a lot of times that's being done in a mentoring, coaching, one-on-one -on -one type situation. So I was very pleased to see those type of skills being rated highly for both supervisory and for non-supervisory employees. It's also the kind of work they're doing, right, Toby, in that, in that capacity, often at those, I don't want to say lower level of the organizations, but at that more tactical level, you're really trying to make things happen that require specific tasks, right? It's not so much the vision aspects of the job, but the getting it done part. So that would suggest that you would have more discussions one-on-one -on -one to how do we achieve this result if it's getting more widgets out of the warehouse on a Friday afternoon or staffing over the weekend because Trudy's going away or something like that. Would that is that story consistent with what you've, you you think we found? Yes, and and true to that, as we moved to the that senior leadership group and looked at what they ranked highest, we did see that they reached more to toward those enterprise skills as we call them, that change management, critical thinking, those type of skills where um, they have much more influence on the organization as a whole. So seeing that kind of. Uh, uh, dichotomy between the the valuing the one-on-one -on -one type connections and then valuing the almost call them higher level type uh, soft skills. Really good to see that difference, slight differences across the uh, different strata of employment. Another interesting one we had not inspected, expected to uh, tease out, but as you mentioned, we had many people reply other to uh, when they specify their role in the organization and, and they identified themselves as being self-employed, entrepreneurs, brokers, clearly uh, people who either have uh, are running their own business or are independent contractors. And they also had similar valuations of soft skills. And we saw again, those one-on-one -on -one, uh, skills came out on top and then followed closely by the uh, enterprise. So they jump right from the one-on-one -on -one interaction to change management, critical thinking, shaping the organization, which again, was not, it wasn't what we were necessarily expecting, but now that you look at it, it's like, yeah, that wouldn't be surprising for a person who has a, a very uh, strong independent role or is the uh, uh, champion, the leader of a company as as the entrepreneur toby i guess we've given a lot of bullet points uh big picture small picture can you sort of summarize this so that we have a couple of takeaways sure um i guess number one would be that uh we validated people value the role of soft skills in the organization 
uh, and in their personal success. Uh, that that interest in soft skills spans ages, genders, uh, roles across the organization. That uh, the communication oriented and the critical thinking skills are perceived as the most important soft skills across that bandwidth. And as an employee's level within the organization uh, influences the emphasis they place on different sets of soft skills. So, so the, the soft skill set uh, may change over the span of a career. Okay, well, that's a great summary. Thank you. If you'd like a copy of the white paper we put together with even more details on these results, you can go to our website at SeriousSoftSkills.com. That's SeriousSoftSkills.com. And if you'd like to comment about what we've been talking about or send suggestions, you can always go to podcast at SeriousSoftSkills.com with your email. That's podcast at SeriousSoftSkills.com. Or you can go to Twitter and you can go to realsoftskills.com and tweet us there and we will take every response. If you have questions or comments, we would love to get them into future shows. We're looking forward to the dialogue. So that's it for this week. But let me tease before we go, Toby, what we're going to do next week. We've been talking uh, big picture and conceptual, and we sort of touched on a little bit of uh, individual soft skills. But next week, we're going to take a deep dive into individual soft skills, which is sort of at the starting point of a person's journey in most cases. So that will be next week on SeriousSoftSkills.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Appreciate it. Have a good day. And of course, my favorite thing to say, Toby, and yours too, good soft skills. Good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.